Hello and welcome to Power Through Healing, the podcast created to support your inner evolution. I'm your host, Amanda Thomas. Today, I have a very special interview to share with you. This was a really fun interview for me because I reconnected with someone who I knew from living in Dallas when I was living really chaotically. I was going through my career struggles, my financial struggles that led me to my eviction and the time that I lived in my car. And Wayne Salmons is someone who inspired me during this time, who was living a life that had meaning and purpose. He showed me by example what it means to live your life by design. And most importantly, he shared himself openly, vulnerably about the struggles that he faced in getting to the point of speaking on stages, coaching thousands of individuals, running a thriving business. And I know that having a business coach is not a normal occurrence on this show, but Wayne has a very unique message and gift when it comes to empowering others to show up and participate, to participate in their own transformation and success. And most of all, he is leading by example of what it means to be your own hero. So Wayne Salmons, founder of Hero Nation, sat down with me for an incredibly informative and transparent conversation filled with so many insights, so many tips and tools to help keep yourself in alignment and your mental health and wellness in check. So Wayne, thank you so much for being with us today. I am so excited to have you. I am thrilled to be here. It's been, it's, uh, it's awesome. The journey has brought us back together. So I love that. I know. Yeah. So just for everyone listening, just a brief kind of update. I met you back when I was living in Dallas area and I was in real estate and I was not ever really super good at real estate. I was kind of struggling, but I did always enjoy like the workshops and the self-development side of things that come with being in real estate. And you were just such a highlight to that time for me. And you have such an incredible story and this process of, you know, becoming your own hero. I just loved everything that you are just, you're so vulnerable in telling your story. And I think you understand the importance of doing that. And it just really left an impression on me. And so just kind of recently, as I was preparing for this new season, I randomly just started seeing your posts a little bit more often in my feed. And it just kind of felt like a sign to reach out to you. So thank you so much, seriously, for being here. I love how the universe works that yes, way. So it brings too. us together when we're supposed to be. It's awesome. Yeah, me too. And so for this new season, it's just about creating that impact in the world. It's about sharing yourself fully and really understanding the importance of that. And I know you have taken so much ownership of that in your own life. So I'm just going to dive right in if that's okay and start Let's with the Let's do it. Let's questions. get right after it. I yeah. love it. Yeah. So Wayne, tell me, what does it mean to become your own hero and why is it so important? So I think for me, uh, being your own hero is more of a verb and less of a noun. You know what I mean? It's less it's less of like, I think a lot of times we think about being a hero, we think of like one heroic act, you know what I mean, that, that someone did. And there there is that aspect and some people we look up to have, have done that. Yet for most of us, it's more about like heroic living. And I think heroic living is like the day you didn't want to get out of bed and you did anyway, or or the day like you didn't want to call a friend and ask for help and, and you did anyway. And like... It's doing the tough stuff on a day-to-day basis. And and for me, it's it's standing up for yourself. You know what I mean? And kind of when when nobody's coming to save you, like you gotta take that role. And um that's that's for me, it's more of a day-to-day decision that I have to make. Less of a a one-time, you know, great thing. So right. 
Right, exactly. And I have had the privilege of talking to a lot of people about their healing journey. And also with my own personal experience, I know that life shifted, it changed so dramatically when I realized no one is coming to save me. It's up to me to save myself. Yeah. So yeah. I would love if you could share just a little bit about your own hero's journey and yes. just that process of becoming and what that was like for you and how you've ended up here today. Yeah. Well, it's it it's it's a continuation. The the journey continues, but I think a big moment for me, and I, I've had a couple in my life of kind of big moments, and yet, um, you know, years ago, about uh, thirteen years ago, I had um, you know, have you ever had a moment in life where like the inside, the outside were not aligned? You know, on the outside, everything looked really good in my life, and you know, I was like married with three point two kids. You know, like like I was involved in community, like everything looked great on the outside. I had checked all the boxes, and yet on the inside, I was in like massive turmoil. And it, life was not working. And I ended up like, like having an affair. I ended up screwing up my business. I, I kind of I messed up everything in my life to the point where I was like sleeping on the floor of a vacant building. And, you know, I'm laying on the floor of a vacant building and, uh, you know, and time had gone on. And I was just, I was convinced that, you know, I think up to that point, I don't know if you, if you would have talked about somebody committing suicide, I probably would have been like, hey, that's kind of selfish. Why would somebody do that? I like, just not understanding. But yet for me in that moment, um, I was convinced that it was the best thing I could do. I was convinced mm-hmm. that the, it would be the best thing for my kids, that it would be the best thing for the world if I just checked out. And it, it, it's hard unless you've been through that, you know, like, like you and I have, you know, been through some deep moments like that. It's hard to explain to somebody else, but I was there. I was ready to just check out. And what hit me was this, this, you know, call it God, the universe, whatever you want to call it, hit me and just this realization that I had two choices. Um, nobody was coming to save me. And, and my, my choices were I could either um, check out or I could you know, literally be my own hero and, and stand up for myself. And um, in that moment, I thought, you know, maybe I need to stand up for myself. Even if it took, you know, 20, 30 years to get back up, would it be worth it? And uh, that, that was the moment where I had to be my own hero, you know, and, and start standing up. And I wish I could say that the next day it got super easy. It didn't. It was, it was a consistent journey. Yet, um, like you, like that was one of those moments where I just thought, yeah. I got I got to take a stand for me, and it's led to this whole journey of of being my own hero and helping other people, you know, be their own heroes. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for sharing that. That's really powerful. And I, I just, it's so true that just because you decided to live that day doesn't mean all of a sudden it was yeah. rainbows and sunshine and every yes. day was easy. This human experience is hard, you guys. There's so many ups and downs, and there is just constant you know for me I I still have days where like you said it's hard to get out of bed even though we might know what that greater purpose and vision is for our life sometimes that weight of that responsibility can get to be just so much that we just need a day off we need a break right yes yeah yeah Yeah. and so I I love the the purpose that you have I was you know looking at some of your information that you sent me and the purpose that you wrote down was to empower people to be all that they can be and to help them transform their lives fast. And I think that that's a really key word I want to kind of focus on is there's no quick fix when it comes to healing. There's no quick fix when it comes to feeling better, but there are certain things that have worked for me. And I know for other people that I've spoken to that really did rapidly progress their, their lives. So what are some things that kind of clicked for you? If, if you can think of anything specific, maybe, or even yeah. in people, you know, when you're working and coaching with others, what are some things that really help us to see results and to, you know, take that progression in our life forward in a much quicker way? 
Well, I, I think the first thing for me was the realization, especially as like, you know, we use this phrase like high achievers, whatever you want to call it, uh, workaholics, whatever, however you want to look at it. But what one of the things that I realized for me was I, I only had, like, I looked at my tool bag of like, take care of myself or get back up, whatever it is. I looked at this tool bag and like, there was nothing there, right? The only tool I had was hammer, right? Like work harder, get after it, grind, hustle, whatever it is. And like, that could be a good tool, but like, it can't be the only one. You know what I mean? And like a lot of us, when we have hard days, you know, what, what's interesting is, you know, if you ever get locked out of your house, you know, the next day you like go and buy a hide a key or something, you, you do something, but I'm never really going to let that happen again. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you have a spare tire in your car. You, have, you do all these things in like our physical world, but in our mental world, we don't really have like a first aid kit. We don't, we don't have a toolbox full of tools. So my first realization was I, I need, I, I need to put tools in my tool bag. And, and, and when I figure out what some of those are, I'm going to share those with others. And and my goal is to help other people kind of pack a tool bag so that like when you have those bad days, you can like reach over, and, like grab, you know, you have, you have a couple different options of stuff you can pull from. So like, that was the big thing for me. It's just like, I didn't have anything to pull from. And, and it was just, it was that was, so that was the first one. And then, you know, the second thing was understanding so many different things. Like I love unwrapping what's actually happening in our mental world. You know what I mean? What's actually going on? What's causing pain? What's causing frustration? So understanding that and, and empowering people with, with a lot of that knowledge. But some of it is, you know, like, like the questions I ask myself. I, I would ask myself really negative, disempowering questions. And if I could switch that to like more empowering questions. So instead of like, what did I do wrong? I would ask myself like, what can I do better next time? What did I learn? What, what, what am I going to do in the future? So like those four moving questions. Um, a lot of, that was a lot of it, but just like for me, like I need to have a tool bag full of stuff, right? And one of the tools might be like, go for a five minute walk, like without your phone, right? But like, or write something down, like, but really figuring out what those are, I feel is like step one. And it's amazing that we, nobody teaches us to do that. Right. Yeah, exactly. I love that having a toolbox. And like you said, some days it's not the same exact tool that you have to grab. So, you know, it, it, some days things work differently than others. So for me, I might have to, you know, pull myself out of bed and get through the day. And then some days I also know it might mean I might have to cancel a meeting or two. I might have yeah. to just reschedule because I, tr I truly cannot show up in the way that I know I need to for that, whatever that might be. Yeah. And so just I think really importantly, just knowing yourself and what works for you, but also just giving yourself grace to know that some days are going to be better than others and that's okay. Yeah. 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 Well, and understanding the difference, right? When do I need to push through and when do I just need to take care of me a little bit? And right. I think the other part of that too, especially, you know, I get to work with so many, you know, high achievers, successful people and in, in, in however you want to rate that. But one of the biggest things that we have to instill is like, what is their maintenance plan? Like, what do we do so we have less crash and burn kind of moments, you know? And I think that's another thing is like putting in place what should, just like your car has a maintenance plan, what is your personal maintenance plan? You know, mm -hmm. how often do you need a day, a day off? How often do you need to, you know, hang out with your friends? How often do you need to meditate? You know, what are the things you need to do? Um, to keep yourself in a great place so you have less of those kind of crash and burn ones. I think so many of us, like so many people I work with are so close to the edge that they're like, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, right? And we're like right on the edge. So like they get a parking ticket and they start crying for half an hour. They're like, what is wrong <laughs> yes. with me? It was $20. But it's yes. like, you were so close to the edge. Like maybe we backed up 10 feet, you'd have a little bit more like margin in your life, you know, because stuff's going to show up. So I think that's, uh, it, it's, it's really equipping in a lot of those ways. Yeah. What are some ways that you can tell when you are reaching your, your limit when you're oh going to need gosh. to take a break? There's soon? so many. Um, now like I view them as like lights on my dashboard that like start blinking, you know what I mean? Right. Um, one is, uh, when I start to, uh, justify, 
So when I start justifying, like, oh, like making excuses for why I didn't do something or why I should, like justification is a big red flag in my mind, right? I start hearing myself just, you know, justify. Another one is like, I know myself a little better now than, than I used to. And, you know, I know that if I only get, you know, I, I can go on like five or six hours of sleep for a really long time. But if I get like three or four hours of sleep a night, like I know I'm about to get weird, <laughs> right? Like, like I know if I have too many of those nights, like I think the world's going to end. I think, right. It's like, I start to get weird really fast. And, and that's a big one for me. So yeah, I think that's a big part of like listening to some of those things. Yeah. Like if I'm not having fun, like I make more money, I'm a better leader. I'm a better dad when I have some fun. So if like, I haven't had fun in a while, like that's another big one that I need to kind of watch out for. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I always like to say, you know, life is just not meant to be taken so seriously. Honestly, no, it, it doesn't mean yeah. that life's always going to be easy, but it doesn't have to be so serious all the time. Yes. We can yeah. play, we can have fun, we can let ourselves just relax. And yes. just let, that's where true just peace comes from. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, it was, it was fun. One time, one of my buddies came up with this, but we had a, uh, he challenged me to do a month of belly laughs. So like literally every day for a month to like belly laugh with my kids. And like, it was a little bit of a challenge some days, but like, it was so fun. Like every day I'm going to like, we're going to have some sort of belly laugh. Like I'm going to make them, you know, laugh. And it was, it was a cool little challenge. So. Oh, I love that. Yes. That's so important. I just got on a phone call with my three best friends yesterday and we haven't really been able to do that for at least six months probably. And I'm like, you just forget how important it is to just connect and just get back to those roots, which is just family and friends. And you can just be yourself and not have any pressure. I just love that so much. Yeah. Yeah, 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 very true. Very true. So, so going back to you know some of the things you said, where when it comes to healing, when it becomes to you know being that hero of your own story, a big key to that is taking responsibility. I don't know if you can relate to that, but when you have to face up and say, you know, a lot of this was my fault, like I kind of got myself here. I know that was just a hard lesson to learn for me. I'm curious what that was like for you. Oh man, I think that um, I think there's a difference between response. I, I think there's three there's three levels. There sometimes th- something's your responsibility, but it wasn't your fault, right? Like if I get rear-ended, it may not be my fault, but it is my responsibility to how I deal with it. But the other two levels is I think there's a big difference between like responsibility and just living in purgatory. And what I did for a long time was. I thought I was taking responsibility, but what I was really doing was just beating the crap up out of myself. And it was almost like I felt better about, like I felt like I, I was making myself pay this price for my screw-ups. Mm-hmm. And, 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 but what I realized was I wasn't actually serving anybody. Like it wasn't helping my kids. It wasn't helping my kids. Like it wasn't making anything better. I actually felt better about myself beating myself up, which I know sounds really weird, but it was like, I was a victim in a tuxedo. It, it was just like a really, it was just like a fancy form of being a victim in a sense. Mm-hmm. So for me, responsibility is, it, it's, it's like stop, drop and roll, right? It's like stopping, drop, like acknowledging what it is and then deciding how I'm going to roll. And for me, my, my phrase for that is like next right decision. What's the next right decision, right? I may have screwed up this appointment or I may have messed this up or I may have hurt this relationship. And I can mourn that for a moment. I, I, I've mourned a lot of my screw ups. You know what I mean? Like, man, that's going to affect my kids. That's going to, that's right. I can mourn that for a moment. But then it's my job to, to not live in that funeral and then to go, what's the next right thing? What's the next right decision? And a lot of times I don't know the next 15 right decisions, but I know the next one. And my job is to take that one. 
And, and what I really, you know, another way to look at responsibility too is I think that most, what holds most people back from happiness is not taking responsibility. It's really hard to be happy if, if you're giving, if you're not taking responsibility for your life, mm-hmm. if, if that makes sense. And it's kind of the analogy of, uh, you know, if you've ever been in a grocery store and like, you know, a kid or even in my case, my kid, right? Like your three-year-old is throwing a fit, right? And in the back of your mind, you're like, man, if they would just act better, then I would be happy. I may not say it that exact way, but I'm kind of, right. If my clients just did the right thing, then I would be happy. <laughs> if, if my kid, you know, stopped throwing a tantrum, like then I would be happy. And it's like, I've given my, I've given my joy, my happiness to a three-year-old that's going to throw a fit that does what three-year-olds <laughs> right. do, right? Like I gave all my happiness into the hands of a three-year-old who's going to throw a tantrum. Like it, it's crazy, right? Like I am responsible for my happiness, regardless of what, of what's happening out there. It doesn't mean it's easy, but like, as soon as I take responsibility, then I can begin to, to, to be happy oh um, for, gosh, for, yes. for where I am. What's the next right decision? That's such a powerful question because for me, the mantra that has been playing over in my mind the past six months or so is really just that phrase of start where you are, use what you have, do what you can. And I realized that I have such a big vision for my life and the impact that I want to be making, but I get so overwhelmed with everything that I could be doing and all of these different things that, you know, I feel like I should be doing. And it, I, I freeze up. I never start. And so it's like, finally, when I realized just start, there is a decision here that you can be making. There is an action that you can be taking yeah. and just use exactly what you have. And I think that's just so powerful to just know that there's always an answer. If we just kind of clear all of that debris and all of that chaos that's in our mind, sometimes if we just let ourselves be present in that moment, there's always a solution. There's always an answer. And like you said, there's always a tool for us to use. It's within us always. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, absolutely. But I I do know a lot of it is like you said, the questions I ask myself and that's a huge one for me. Like, like the questions I ask make such a difference. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I actually have in in my book, I literally have a page that's literally, and I'll give you the link for later, but it's literally just like, there's a list of questions that I pull out if if I'm like tilted or if I'm in in a tough spot and I'll, I'll read through those questions and they really help. They really help me center. And um, yeah, it's like, it's like you said, if I'm, if I'm depressed, I'm probably living in the past. If I'm anxious, I'm probably living in the future and, and like really just how do I get back to present and just do the next right thing? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's incredible. And taking, and it comes back to taking responsibility is answer those questions because I know for me, I was doing a course recently and it was a lot of mindset work and she was asking me all these questions and I'm thinking, well, I already know all the answers. I already know what stories I tell myself. I've done so much subconscious work already. Right. And so I'm like, well, why don't I sit down and actually answer the questions though and just see what comes up at this time in my life. And I realized all these amazing things started clicking and just more and more layers come off when, yeah, you might've done, you know, plenty of work on yourself up until now, but there's always an added layer that you can like just pull away and see, you know, we are faced with all of these similar challenges in our life and all of these past you know, events are always going to be replaying and we get triggered, right? But when you know that you're healing, when you know that you're taking responsibility for your life, it's saying, well, I'm going to go ahead and take the time to answer and, you know, kind of explore where these feelings, all these thoughts are coming from. I think that is just so important to do. I I think it's so huge. You know, somebody gave me the analogy of a snow globe and I love it. And they said, you know, most of us live life like we're in the snow globe and, and, and we're living life with the snow globe is like always shaking. I know I've felt that way so many times in life. Like it's just like 
I'm, I feel like I'm in a blizzard. You know what I mean? And yet, how much of that do we do with ourselves? Like I get in the car, the music's on. I come home, the radio, right? It's like, it's like there's stuff going on all the time. And, and like very seldom do we like let the snow in the snow globe like settle and look around, right? Like, and, and we're like, oh my gosh, I didn't see an opportunity there. Like I was running in the wrong direction or whatever it is. It, like you're saying, like taking a moment to like let it really settle and and, and looking at it that way. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, one of the things that's interesting that, that you and I resonate on is we're only, we've got, it's not the, it's actually selfish to not take care of ourselves. Yeah, exactly. You know, and looking at that when they did that, I'm sure you've read that study, you know, there's a study that, um, they, if, if you were responsible for giving someone else a medication after surgery, you would give it to them with like 98% accuracy, right? It's like every two hours on the dot, right? Like you got alarms, you're making them take it, right? It's like, yeah. it's amazing. But the same study said, if we're responsible for giving ourselves the same medication after surgery, we're like 54% accurate. Insane. Yeah. They, right. Like it, that's crazy, but it's not how it is. Right. Like right. I, I always ask people, I, I say, what would your best friend tell you to do? <laughs> yeah. I was just going to say my best friend tells me this every time we have lunch together, every single time. Yes. Okay, Amanda. Right. But first take care of you. Like I'm always thinking, cause you know, I'm yes. mom now I'm like, well, my mom's been having a lot of health issues and I'm worried about her. And I set her up an appointment at the spa and I wanted to go do the sauna. And she's like, okay, that's great. I'm glad you're helping your mom. What are you doing for you? Like, <laughs> yes. like oh shoot. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I and, it's, yeah. and it's the same. It takes me back to, uh, you know, my time in Dallas when I had a real estate coach where she would be like, okay, so you're, you know, envisioning what you're going to do with your money, right? Like, you know, when you are, you know, finding financial abundance, what are you going to do with all that? The top five things on my list were buy mama house, buy my nephews, this, buy my nieces. And she's like, what are you going to buy yourself? What are you going to do for yourself? And I just, it's just my natural instinct. And I, 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 I just, I tend to just think, okay, what can I do for others? But it has been such a lesson for me to take this time to really realize, like you said, until I feel whole and complete within myself, I simply do not have the energy to expand, you know, into others. So such a lesson. It's a dose of medicine for sure to take. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah. And I I do want to go back to that analogy of, you know, your three-year-old in the store. And if my three-year-old is acting better and we're giving away that happiness. So what are some ways that we can bring, you know, our happiness back within ourselves? How can we not let the external things really just get in the way of our own joy? Yeah, I, um, I think it's a couple things. I think that it is mostly our, I think it's probably two things. One is our perspective. Mm-hmm. Right. Like what keeps me in check? So the other day um, I was, I was, you know, I was having not the best day ever and I was scrolling through my phone and um, I saw a picture of one of my friends and his daughter um, is, I think she's five now. She's been fighting aggressive cancer for the past year and a half yeah. and they're on a hike. She's in the woods. She's got this huge lump on her head and she's carrying like, like this little bag of oxygen, this medicine that she has to carry that pumps into her body all day long, right? This chemo medicine, she's pumping this little machine she carries everywhere. She's on this hike and she's got the biggest smile in the world. Yeah. And it's like, shoot, <laughs> all this kid has ever known is pain and fight. Mm-hmm. And she's having the best day ever. And I'm complaining about my day. Like, and not that my problems don't matter, but it puts it back in perspective really, really quick. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I think perspective is a huge one for me. Um, you know, my, my 11 year old son, the other day we we're driving and he goes, he's like, I, I was talking about something. He goes, dad, somebody always going to be doing better than you. 
And I was like, okay, hold on. What? 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 And what he meant though was like, there's always going to be somebody doing better than me. And by the way, there's always going to be someone that, that wishes they were where, where I am. Right. Like I've got to run my own race. Mm-hmm. Right. There's always going to, it was funny that I was listening to someone who I looked up to, I can't remember his name, but he's wildly successful. And he was talking about how somebody else is even more successful than him and it like ruined his day. See, right. And he's going this whole thing. And I'm going, even this dude is like beating himself up for not being there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just, it just reminds me that, the, the the greatest thief of joy is comparison. Mm-hmm. And you talk about triggers. When I find that I'm comparing, that's like alarm bells in my mind now that I need to get back to I need to get back to me. Um am I am I doing my best? Am I doing the, the next right thing that I need to be doing today? So that that's a huge one for, for me in, in my world to kind of help help resume. So I think perspective is 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 really huge. Sure. Um and then I think that you know you look at some of the things it's hard to live in gratitude and fear at the same time. So, you know, one of my, you know, tools, my tool bag is, you know, I'll call somebody and just give them gratitude or I'll, I'll send somebody a note of gratitude. Like that's a big one for me. So having these little things I think I can do that, that, that center me. And then another big one for me is just reminding myself who I am every morning. And I think that if I don't kind of remind myself who I am, the world's going to try to tell me who I am. And that's probably not going to be to my advantage. Right. So it's like these little rituals that that may not seem all that huge on the outside, but but the but when I stop doing them, it, it's I, I start it starts messing me up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a few different things came up for me there. So take me back from that moment when you were in that abandoned warehouse. You were you know at that rock bottom moment, not wanting to go on anymore. And how what, how long would you say it took you to kind of get to this point where you did start taking productive action in your life and you know start um like you said learning who you really are because that was for me you know a little bit about my story my listeners obviously know but you know from that time of being evicted to having to live in my car for a year it took me about halfway through that year to realize okay, wait, like I hold the power and like, this is, this is my reality. So I have to fix it. So how long would you say it took you to get some progress in your life? Man, I mean, I, I think that there are, it was like you say, and that's one of the things I love about, about your, your message and story is that there's like, there's not one like simple path, right? It's not like, Hey, these eight steps, you know what I mean? Um, so I think there were like moments, right? So I, I'd go a couple weeks and have this moment of like, Oh my gosh, you needed that. It was, it was, it felt a little bit like I was on a scavenger hunt and I wasn't sure what I was supposed to be looking for, That's right? Exactly but you, you find these little, these little yes. nuggets, you know what I mean? So I think every couple of weeks I'd find that little nugget, another little nugget. And, and, and one of the mantras I told myself was if, if I can get through this, um, I'm going to, I'm going to help other people get through it too. Like if I'm going to get, if I can get through this, I'm going to collect some of the stuff that helped me and share with others. And and if it helps them, awesome. Um, And one of the things that um, my, uh, I actually had a therapist tell me and she said, um, the most wounded people usually make the biggest impact. And right. Because when you're, when you're wounded, when you're sleeping in your car, when you go through some of this soul pain stuff, um, there's some gifts you can only get by going through that. And that helped me. You know I mean? Some days when I was like, man, when I was having my soul pain or whatever, it's like, this is going to help me help someone someday. And and that was one of the things that kind of carried, carried me through. Um, but I think it wasn't just one thing, but it was, it was a collection of little things. And it was just like, it was kind of uh, being on a mission to find, um, to find a bunch of pieces that I knew would help me that, that could eventually help other people. So that, that mm-hmm. helped a lot. And then, um, yeah, I was just kind of getting to be around me. Telling my story was a big one. I remember like when I finally just was okay. Uh, I, I was in a room 
teaching a class one time and I felt like I was supposed to be perfect. And then I was like, being perfect isn't helping anybody. Uh, I have not mastered all some of the stuff that I'm teaching. I'm, I'm freaking best in the world at some of it. I still suck at. And I remember I just was like, here's where I'm, here's where I'm at. And uh, that was a big moment for me as well. So just lots of little moments along the way. Yeah, you're you're telling my story because that's exactly how it was where I had no idea what I was looking for. I just knew that there was something there. Like I was like, there's some answer out there to be found. I don't know. I didn't even know the right questions to ask. All I knew was, like you said, I made the intention of I'm going to live another day. I'm going to take this day by day. And whatever is meant to come to me, I I just trusted that it would. And it sure did. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Yes. And and it was like, but I think, you know, if I was watching this, I would tell you just continue to do, you know, become a seeker and and just, and just seek and and look for the next, the right thing, the next right thing and just pour in. There's no one way, but it's, it's worth continue to to figure out right and and like you said though in that you know comparison of others and where they are and where you're at it's so important to understand that your pain is valid no matter if you think it's as traumatic as someone else's and what happened to them if you you know no one maybe can relate to my story no one might be you know relating exactly to your story but they can understand the key concepts which is you know you'd made the decision to keep going when life is so hard. Life can be so painful. And that reminds me of a quote that you posted on social media recently. I'm going to read it out. It says to feel pain and to want to throw in the towel is human to allow yourself to feel the immense pain and then make the choice to keep going. That is a heroic act. I think that's so important, you know, in this concept of becoming your own hero and telling your hero's journey understanding that there's going to be a lot of pain. Like we have to get through that pain and process that in order to move forward. Yeah. Yeah. And and there's, I, we're all, I, I remember I was, someone came to me one time to go, so you're saying I'm not messed up. And I was like, no, you're super messed up. You're just not <laughs> alone. Like we're all messed up. Like we've all got, we've all got our cross to bear. You're just not alone. And we're, yeah, like there's no arriving point. Right, like you right. just gotta fall in love with the journey because, like, well, like you said, like the the more the deeper you go in this, the deeper you realize there is. Right, it's like yes. I thought I got this. You're like, no, there's like six more levels, and I think you just gotta fall in love with the journey and uh, and just realize you'll you'll never necessarily arrive. But I think for me, it's treating myself like my best friend, mm-hmm. and you know, my best friend would let me you know complain for a minute, and then they would go, all right, what are we doing? Right, my best friend wouldn't let me talk crap about myself for very long. My best like you got to be that for you um, and and, and collect the tools that you need. Yeah. And and we don't hang out with people like that very long when they're just constantly complaining and making excuses. And you realize this is just so negative. You know, at some point you realize there is truly a better way and you just got to surround yourself with the right people and, you know, just let yourself know really, truly what's available to you. I think that's one of these big limiting beliefs that we all share that was really taught to me as I was studying hypnotherapy and with Marissa Peer and her method. It's this feeling of being different, of being an outsider. It's a great fear that we all have. But like you said, we're all messed up. We all have things that, you know, are going on in our lives that we're trying to cope with. And I think for me, over the past year, especially, I've realized for me, I don't want to just cope. I don't want to just be, you know, getting through life. I want to heal. I, you know, so for everything that I'm doing, everything that I'm writing, everything I'm teaching, everything I'm speaking about, I want to inspire others to go from coping to healing. Because yeah. when you're healing, 
you are in that energy of like serving others, of letting yourself show up in this most brilliant and magnificent way that you were born to be, which is a creator for our world. And so, especially in inviting you onto the podcast, it's really not going to be usual that I have business coaches and on the podcast because it's not really a main focus for me, but your, your message and your purpose and your mission is so in line because you're not teaching people to work harder, to, you know, keep grinding and to just hide your feelings, to suck it up. You're teaching people to live life truly, like to live your life with purpose and meaning and to remember what's important to you. So I love that, especially your your family man. Am I right that you have five children? Amen. Yes, five kids. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So so what? So speak a little bit to that. I mean, I'm such a I'm so interested. I'm not a parent, but I love just hearing how other people are empowering their children to navigate this world. It's it's a tough world to be growing up man. in. Yes, it it is. It's wild. Uh, it's funny. It's 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 interesting. Actually, I was a. Uh, I was, uh, and I, I don't think she'd mind me sharing this because uh, because we've talked about it, but I was talking to my mom. It's actually her 70th birthday today. So I called her a couple hours ago. Oh, her happy birthday. And, um, and I said, how are you? And she goes, I, she goes, I, I'm happier than I've ever been. I feel better than, than I was. And she goes, I feel so much better than I, because when, than when I raised you, because when I was a child, she was extremely depressed, struggled with depression. She had a lot of pain, my, you know, migraines, depression, everything else, spent a lot of spent a lot of my childhood in bed dealing with her own battles. And, uh, and she said, um, she goes, I, I wish I would have been a better mom. I feel really bad that I wasn't a better mom, yada, yada. And uh, I said, well, based on all the study I've done, um, the most screwed up kids are actually the best. They're the most successful ones. So <laughs> the kids with the toughest childhood actually make, you know, are, are usually, are usually the, the most significant ones. Mm-hmm. I tell her, so I'm trying to screw up my kids the best I can. Um, so, so that's amazing life, you know, and, and we laugh together, but, but the, the reality is, is there's no such thing as a perfect parent. Like yeah. there's, there's no way to do it. I, I think that, that the greatest parents are the ones that, that do their best. They study, they ask, they look for help and, um, and they're willing to acknowledge their mistakes and make up for them the best they can. And, and there is no, no such thing as, as a perfect parent. But I think when it comes to, um, when, when it comes to parenting, I think, and it comes to life in general, we're all doing the best we can. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is it doesn't necessarily know, mean we're doing, when I had my affair, that wasn't the right thing to do yet. Looking back, I can have um, compassion for the guy that was just trying to to do the best to take care of himself at that moment. It wasn't the right thing, but I can I can have compassion for that dude if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I think acknowledging we're doing the best that we can in any given moment with the excitement of getting better and better is a big piece of it. But when it comes to my kids, I think my the biggest mantra I have with them is um, I want to prepare them for the world rather than just try to protect them from it. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is I, I think that life is tough. I think they need to be resilient. I think they need to be able to deal with, with some punches. And, um, you know, my, my, uh, my job is to prepare them for that and help them really know who they are, that they're resilient, that they're powerful, that they're whole, that they're loved, that their, their value comes from who they are, not what they do. And, um, you know, that's, that's it for me. And, and, and I have these great moments of parenting that I have like moments where I'm like, I should have never been given kids in the first place, um, <laughs> you know, but it, it's fun though. You know, the other day I was driving my son to school last year and, uh, I go, uh, I go, dude, you're going to have a good day. And he goes, yeah, dad, it's a choice. And I was like, all right, can you just, just let me record? Like, I just want to remember that forever. You know what I mean? Right. So like I have these great moments and then, you know, then there's all the rest. But um, And I you think- don't realize what they're picking up on always. I, I, I love that. And I'm lucky to be able to live in the same city as my niece right now. And just kind of, she's 11. And so 
it's just been such an interesting time just kind of watching her grow into that age and I know like we were just kind of talking the other day and she's like I guess I kind of want want to do what you do where like you're working with people and helping people and I'm like I didn't even realize she realized what I do all day you know I mean I think she just thinks I I don't know you know go sit up at the library all day and just get on Twitter or whatever you know so I don't it's so cool to see when they pick up on little things like you said about him just repeating back to you and and maybe you don't even have to consciously but I do I do think that the conversations I'm having with my mom at now almost 33 years old are so much more rewarding even though I could reframe it in a negative way of like I wish we we should have been having these conversations when I was 16 (laughs) but unfortunately that wasn't the case and like you said our parents just do the very best with what they they have at the time and what they knew to do at the time and so I always tell her I'm like you're my muse in kind of the way of I'm doing so many things that you taught me you know, that I don't want to do. So I'm like, I I know, and she knows not to take that in a bad way now, but I just mean, there's so many things that she did that I would never want to catch myself doing, but in her taking kind of that sacrifice almost in living that way and doing that, it kind of taught me to now be able to show up in this incredible way where I might be a little emotionally damaged a little bit, but I, I, I'm grateful for everything that I've been through in my life, everything that has happened to me. And the relationship has never been stronger between me and my mom. And I think that in today's times, our kids are just faced with all of these obstacles. I know like kids are on their phone 24 seven, they're on top of each other. You know, I'm trying to tell my niece and my nephews when I see him, I'm like, you don't have to respond to every notification right when it pops up. And it's just, it's, it's tough. It's tough. It really, really is. And I think the best we can do to prepare them, and, and, and like you said, they're watching. And, and nothing breaks my heart more than, you know, and I see this a lot, you know, especially with moms. But I see a lot with moms like sacrifice everything so their kids have a life. But what their kids see is, you know, a mom that really loves their kids doesn't take care of themselves and doesn't do anything for themselves. And they don't realize what they're role modeling. And I think a lot of times, like, if I don't role model self care, if I don't role model, you know, being authentic. If I don't role model, you know, that stuff, then I'm setting them up for failure. So it's, uh, yeah, no pressure. Right. Yeah. No pressure. Just make sure you empower them and <laughs> keep them alive. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I know, thank you for all that, by the way, that's super helpful to people listening. I'm sure I, I want to talk to you. I would hate to let you go without talking a little bit more about this concept of fear. I wrote it down in my notes. Like I want your opinion. I know for sure that you are someone that can talk about facing that fear because our mind hates the unknown, our mind hates the unfamiliar. So whenever we're trying to expand, whenever we're trying to create something new for our life, we tend to just get all these, you know, alarms going off in, in us, and we, we start to face all these limitations and restrictions. And so how do we overcome the fear of, you know, creating a life of impact and a life of more purpose? Oh, what, what, what an easy question to answer. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's, the first piece is probably two pieces to it. The first piece is um, you get really good at time travel. If you want to have an amazing life, you get good at time travel. And what time, what I mean by time travel is what's the impact a year from now? What's the impact five years from now? What's the impact, you know, when I'm sitting in my rocking chair at 80. Um, so, but I think time travel is one of the things that helps us realize um, what, what's the pain of not doing this, you know, you know, a year from now, if I can, right? So I think I think that's a big one. And can I go to a year from now and really get clear on what that pain is? You know, it's like someone that needs to start taking care of themselves better and, and, and having them visualize not being able to walk their daughter down the aisle. Mm-hmm. And if I can get them to get wicked clear on that picture, 
that then we can bring that emotion into today and go for the walk or call the doctor mm-hmm. or eat, whatever. So I think time travel is a big one. And I think the other one that, that is, is so true is um, the fear doesn't go away. And what I mean by that is courage isn't the absence of fear. Courage isn't I psych myself up so much. I'm not fearful anymore. anymore. But courage is is feeling the fear and doing it anyway. Mm-hmm. And and I believe that that it, it's like there's no way around it or over it or, or right, you got to go right through it. And I think it's just going, I'm going to have five minutes of courage that, that, and the reward's going to be huge. But I think you, you feel the fear and you do it anyway, in mm-hmm. a sense. But you've got to have a big vision of why to, to pull you through it. Sure. Yeah. That why is so important. And uh, in going back to, like you said, just knowing who you are. And yeah. so I know for me, I had a spiritual awakening in 2020 and it was a really powerful experience of truly realizing who I am, like on a core level, you know, just knowing that all of this stuff and all of this world around me is, is meant to help me and to meant support me in my evolution and who I am deep down is someone that is incredibly powerful and someone that has so much to offer. And so that that message of why I'm waking up in the morning, it became so much simpler because I knew that even if I had a bad day, even if, you know, the next three days didn't really work out in my favor, it was going to be okay because I see the bigger picture now. Yeah. 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 So I love asking this question to everyone that comes on. Tell me, Wayne, what is the power that you have found through healing? The power I've found through healing is... um I don't think I've ever been asking it quite that way. <laughs> I believe the power is uh, the permission to to be to be me. I, I think is is the power, and to realize that that my my gift, and I think that my job is to help people find their gift. But my gift that I that I give away with reckless abandon is helping other people see the greatness they have in themselves. Mm-hmm. So I think I think being able to get out of my own way was probably the biggest gift. Um, and now I go I'll help other people become their own hero and, and find their gift to give away recklessly. Yeah. And I love that. And so anyone that's listening is hopefully going to be inspired to really take a look back at their life and understand that truly this has been a journey of becoming your own hero. And that's the theme of this episode. And so I guess my last question then is what is that importance in sharing your story with others? Man, I, I think about how many stories have helped me and the authors have no idea. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I remember, I think it was, I think it was Jim Rohn who said, um, every room you walk into, somebody's thinking about throwing in the towel. Like there's one person in that room that's thinking about throwing in the towel. And, and, and I recognize my story isn't for everybody, right? And I'm not trying to be everything to everyone. And yet, um, you know, there's a verse in the Bible that to whom much is given, much is required. And and, and to me, what that means is, is I've, I've been poured into by so many and it's my, some of my obligations, it's my gift, it's my pleasure whatever, to be able to pour that back out. But I think that your story is important to somebody mm-hmm. and, and it's going to impact someone. It's not meant for everybody, but there's someone out there that um, is, and I would say this, if you're watching, listening to this, there's someone out there suffering because you haven't shared your story yet. Yeah. And, and and when you share your story, it, it's going to heal someone and you'll probably never even know who they were. Yeah. Yeah. That just gave me goosebumps all throughout my body. I mean, truly, that is so accurate where you have no idea who's waiting for you to use your voice and to speak yeah. your truth. 
And by you not doing that, you have no idea who you're not, you know, who's waiting and and not being able to live their life as fully because of it. And for me, yes, absolutely. Sharing my, my story of, um, you know, my rock bottom, it's been about a year now. And just every time I get to tell it now, a little piece of me just, I can literally just feel it just becoming more whole and more complete. And, and I love that. And it doesn't mean that, you know, we're always broken. I don't want people to think, oh, I think you need to heal because you're broken. I think you need to heal because there's so much more to you to be expressed. You can't express yourself fully when you're so distracted and you're delaying, you know, all of this amazing life that is waiting for you. Well, and I I view it as, you know, there's a story and you've probably heard it, but the the sculptor that that sculpted the statue of David. And and I love the story because he talks, you know, somebody came up to him and said, you know, how did you make, you know, sculpt such a beautiful statue? And and the sculptor said, he just removed everything that wasn't David. Mm -hmm. And I think for so many of us, it's not that we need to change and become something different. We just need to remove stuff that, that we've we've held onto that isn't serving us, right? It's it's like releasing a pain, releasing a self image, releasing a, a view, releasing you know you know somebody else's um you know opinion on us, whatever it is. Like, and the more that we release that, we just get back to our true essence. And like you said, like that's what you, that was your awakening. Like you figured out who you were, right? And in, in, in just who you are, right? Regardless of all the other stuff. And I think that's so much of the work you and I get to do is just helping people get rid of stuff they've picked up along the way that just isn't serving them. And once you get rid of all that, it's like, I don't need to change you. I just need to get you back to you. The, the loving, fun, amazing, caring, inspirational, whoever, right, that that is. Like, you just need to get rid of the stuff you picked up along the way that isn't serving you. Yeah. Yeah. And I was doing an interview recently where he, he I, I had said, you know, first we have to release that emotional attachment to those past events and experiences. And I say that, you know, on, on rotation all the time, but it's true. We have to release that emotional attachment. He's like, well, that's easier said than done. And I agree that, you know, it is easier said than done, but at some point you realize enough is enough. I deserve more. I'm worth more. I'm capable of more. And so you just, you know, for someone that's not ready, though, we can't help anyone who's not ready to hear that or to really embody that. And I'm sure you've encountered that, too, where, you know, we want to save everyone. We want to help heal everyone. But until they're ready, there's nothing we can do other than just demonstrate it just to to live it and let them let them witness it. Amen. Well, and it's hard either way, right? Like it's hard to release that stuff and it's hard to hold on to it, exactly. right? Like there's not an easy button that I know of, right? right? Like it, it's hard, to, it's hard to do self-work. It's hard to not do self-work, yes. right? So it's like, just choose your hard time travel and figure out which one you're going to be most proud. Of. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. Is there anything else that you can think of when it comes to this hero's journey, this healing journey, anything that you would love to just share with anyone? I think I would just think, like you said, like you're worth it and just do the, do the work, do the, if you're lost, confused, frustrated, like grab a journal, walk in the woods for a day. Like I do whatever you need to do to, 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 to take care of you. And um, there's not a one size fits all, but it's worth it um, to do the work. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. I appreciate you so much for being so generous with your time. I will make sure that everyone has your information to stay in touch with you and to just follow you on the social media because I love your posts and everything that you're doing out in the world. So thank you so much, Wayne. Thank you, my friend. Thank you for everything you're doing as well. So thank you so much to Wayne for coming onto the show and thank you all for listening. I was 
So deeply inspired by Wayne's experience and expertise, he has found his zone of genius and he shares so genuinely and so generously. I would love to hear your takeaways and your aha moments from the interview. Please make sure to email or send a message on Instagram. Just check out at Power Through Healing. You can find Wayne and Hero Nation on social media as well. I'll have all of his info in the show notes. Also, you can grab a copy of his book, The Art of Getting Back Up. As he said, it is all about building up your toolbox, being prepared to take whatever life throws our way. So I hope that you have an amazing rest of the day. Go out, live in your truth, share yourself fully, knowing that there is so much power to be found through healing.